0: Mm.
1: Side. He's got Max Danball picked off. He's around Chase with Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway.
2: And
0: Rich France.
2: The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire. Uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit. And uh, replace the tire and get back out.
0: Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. The racing 47. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14 time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is
2: three time Dirt Car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink.
1: And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a uh, fantastic Monday. One of the best Mondays, probably, that I've ever seen. Um, it's a great day. <laughs> we'll talk about why coming up in just a moment uh, we'll get into the show as well but first let's take a look at what's happening in a motor city minute las vegas native riley herbst will join stewart haas racing driving the number 48 or excuse me the number 98 ford mustang for the 2021 season a team that won a series best nine races and led more than 1,000 laps with chase briscoe behind the wheel in 2020. friday nascar announced a 14 race schedule for the wheel and modified tour which includes stops in six states from Maine to Virginia. The schedule also features a pair of returning tracks and an inaugural trip to New York International Raceway in Lancaster, New York. Max Verstappen finished out the 2020 Formula One season with a near effortless win for Red Bull Racing at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Verstappen nailed a uh, lap 13 restart to secure the win by over 16 seconds. And finally, USAC's NOS Energy Drink Midget National Championship season will feature 43 events from Florida to Pennsylvania, Indiana to Oklahoma, and Arizona to California. This marks the most aggressive schedule since 49 events back in 1988. The series will get as close as Gas City I-69 Speedway and Kokomo Speedway during Indiana Midget Week. Those things and so much more happening tonight. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from the socially distanced Horsepower Happening Studios. Good evening, Rich. How are you? Good evening, Zach. Uh, yeah, distanced
2: again, and I have to ask you because I'm gonna we'll walk right into the to your lead. All right. How was your birthday today? It
1: was a great day. It was a great day. Thank you for the post. Thanks to everybody that commented on the Facebook post wishing me a happy birthday. That was greatly appreciated. Um, I tell you what, uh, I'm I'm another year older and another year more beautiful, Rich. <laughs> yep, and I and I told
2: everybody at the start, right in the post, I said he doesn't get off working tonight, so we we're still doing the show.
1: Happy to be here, man. Let's get into some things that are going on. I know you, we've been following this story very closely because it's kind of a, a prerequisite to another big show coming up next month.
2: Yeah, we 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 kind of did a, a brief little story on it, and then we talked to Chase Elliott uh, when we were down at Snowball Derby about this. The first ever first ever midget uh, feature at Millbridge Speedway. Zach lived up to the hype uh, in the Die Edge Carolina Midget Showdown on Friday night. It was a doubleheader Friday and Saturday down there. Uh, the f- the first race on Friday featured six lead changes during the 30-lap feature event. Lots of three-wide racing uh, could be had, slide jobs to go around. You would have loved that.
1: Yeah, I love it. Yeah.
2: Yep, and um, Stuart Haas racing driver Chase Briscoe prevailed uh, in a photo finish with Hendrick Motorsports driver Kyle Larson to – well, that's going to be weird to start saying now, isn't
1: it? <laughs> it's weird
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, to take the win in a thrilling finish. Uh, the two NASCAR Cup Series drivers battled for the lead uh, for the last four laps, uh, and uh, would pick and Briscoe would pick up a win by point zero eight nine seconds. Zach, wow, that is tight uh, over Larson. Larson originally started on the front row, Zach, but get this—he uh, was caught up in an incident with Cannon McIntosh. Uh, And had a small flip, must have been small, because he was able to continue and worked his way all the way back to the front and almost won the race. So that was pretty cool on Friday night. And for Chase Elliott's first venture into a midget on on dirt on Friday night, uh, Elliott brought home a third-place finish, so that is not bad uh, with that field of cars. What do you think, Zach? Friday night, third place finish, first time out for Chase Elliott.
1: That's pretty darn respectable, uh, especially considering the field. Like you said, you've got Kyle Larson, Chase Briscoe, who I think a lot of people forget is a, a really talented dirt racer. Uh, this is Chase's, one of Chase's very few starts on dirt, first time in a midget. And uh, really, uh, you mentioned Cannon McIntosh being in there as well. So that tells me there's a lot of great drivers in this field. Great job to Chase Elliott. And uh, it just gets me more excited to see what he does throughout the rest of the weekend.
2: Well, you know, and then on Saturday, Zach, you know, on, on Friday, Kyle Larson was going for his 46th win of 2020. On Saturday, he closed the deal and made it happen. There anyway. we go. Yep, yeah, he sure did. Um, Larson added one more victory to his historic 2020 season. He, and Larson clinched the Die Edge Carolina Midget Showdown overall points uh, by scoring a win in the 40-lap feature on Saturday. McIntosh held off Briscoe to finish second. Chase Elliott came back with another strong run, finishing fourth over C.J. Leary. Uh, and with the Carolina Midget win, like I said, 46 wins in four different types of cars for Kyle Larson. And Zach, next up for this group,
1: the Chili Bowl Nationals coming up in January. Looking forward to that. Should be a good one. Uh, while we're talking about open wheel, must-see racing announced a tentative lineup for the 2021 season, including seven two-day race weekends, the Engine Pro Fast Car Dash miniseries, and a handful of special events. Here's the thing, Rich. A lot of open dates in this calendar, though, a lot of to-be-determined. So let's take a look at it. The season opens on April 23rd and 24th from South Carolina's Anderson Motor Speedway. Then, in May, the first to-be-determined. Michigan will welcome must-see back for the first time since 2019 during a double-header weekend somewhere. A venue to-be-determined. Then, Kalamazoo Speedway plays host to the series on June 18th and 19th after several years without the sanction at the racetrack. Then in July, officials have July 18th and 19th roped off for a race that is to be determined. In August, Lorraine Raceway Park welcomes must-see racing on August 13th and 14th, a race that will also feature the Midwest Super Modified Series and must-see racing Midwest Lights. Michigan has another opening for a two-night event. However, a venue to be determined. Uh, September has a couple of options. Uh, well, and that, that, that is September options there for Michigan. And finally, the season comes to a close at Alabama's Montgomery Motor Speedway on October 8th and 9th. The side note, also slipped into the release by Must See Racing is that they will no longer co-sanction or televise the Payless Little 500 at Anderson Speedway in Indiana, but rather will host their own Memorial Day weekend event, the American Speed U.S. Nationals May 29th and 30th, at Lorraine Raceway Park. So, a lot of question marks here in the state of Michigan for must racing. That's some big news, Zach. And, you know, we, we have to
2: carry in that on. We have to, we have a little bit of uh, announced at a later date. We have a little bit in this next story, too. Uh, one of the more popular uh, indoor races, the Ironton Telephone Allentown, Pennsylvania indoor races, are officially postponed. Zach, uh, we just can't get away from this COVID stuff for January 8th and 9th um they had to be postponed because of the new mitigation efforts by pennsylvania governor tom wolf on thursday so uh right now 25 maximum right now there are 25 fans uh can gather indoors that's not going to make it for an indoor race uh and they tried to do everything they tried to get from they tried to negotiate from full capacity to half to quarter and even with no fans with a pay-per-view and they still could not get approved for it so uh That puts an end to hosting that event. Updates on the remaining Indoor Auto Racing Championship Series schedule
1: and possible Allentown rescheduled event. Zach, like you said, will be announced at a later date. I want to ask you this while we're talking about indoor racing. Did you see the t-shirts that the Rumble and Fort Wayne released this week? Um, The most unique t-shirt I've ever seen. The event that I almost attended basically is what the shirt says. Did you see that?
2: No, but if that's the case, i got to get one and just save it just for this year because that would be a perfect <laughs> topper for it wouldn't, it, wouldn't
1: it? I tell you what, it's awesome. Uh, check it out, Rumble and Fort Wayne on Facebook. Uh, they're selling them. still could get one in time for Christmas even if you wanted. Let's talk about some racing that did happen. Michael Brown became a winner with the Dry Dean Extreme Dirt Car Series on Saturday afternoon at Livonia Speedway. He picked up the win following a late race restart. Brown took the lead right after the halfway mark from 17-year-old Garrett Smith, who, by the way, was making his first Super late model start. The caution came out with just two laps to go, putting Brown right on the nose of Kenny Collins and Dalton Wilson. Brown was able to power away, though, to pick up the win. Collins held on for second. Chris Madden snuck up there for a podium spot in third, with Wilson in fourth and Dalton Cook in fifth. Kyle Strickler, by the way, who held the points lead heading into the event, crashed early and was scored 19th, and the strong run by Madden gave him the points lead once again.
2: And Zach, Victory Custom Trailers um, re-upped again with Champion Racing Association to provide the Sarah Junior Late Model Series uh, heading into its third year. It's been, you know, we were talking, we'll talk about that a little later on. The, the series welcomes back Chris Hettinger and Victory Custom Trailers as the presenting sponsor of the tour, uh, designed specifically for the sports youth. Uh, the inaugural season champion in 2009, Chase Berta, has gone on to capture the JEGS CRI All-Stars a Rookie of the Year honors in 2020, uh, while last this year's Series Champion Katie Hettinger is now a member of GMS Racing's Driver Development Program. Also, Zach, we need to thank here at Horsepower Happenings uh, Victory Custom Trailers and Chris Hettinger for their help on our latest HPH Best Driver Challenge. We'll get more, and we'll talk more about that one in just a few minutes. And also, Zach, uh, Berlin Raceway officials announced the start of their 2021 season will begin with the traditional icebreaker on Saturday, April 17th. The 10th annual event will feature super late models, limited late models, sportsmen, and four-cylinders. Test and tune dates were also announced for April 3rd and 10th, with the full schedule expected in the coming
1: days. That's a track, Rich, that I'm looking forward to uh, them being able to get a full season in again. They were kind of mitigated. They were able to get four awesome events in at the end of 2020, but the fairgrounds over there, they, they need a full event. Uh, they need a full season, um, and Berlin raceway, such a class act facility, such a great facility, looking to see that place filled up again this year.
2: I I am too. You know, I was able to get over there for one of those events and, um, you know, Zach, the earlier you get into April and March, I I don't feel real comfortable with. So we'll just have to see. I I think we're going to see a lot of racing once we get to summer. Um, You know, if everything works out the way it should, but I think the earlier you get in the year, it's going to, It's going to be a a wing and a prayer. We'll have to see how that goes.
1: Well, nobody said it would be easy, but that's okay. That's why we're in the sport of auto racing. Hey, you talk about some schedule things that have been dropped, man. I-96 Speedway is having some fun over the last couple of days. They've been teasing big shows for 2021, putting some dates on the calendar already. On Thursday, officials announced via Facebook an event which appears to include, Rich, at least four sprint car sanctions. A doubleheader on Friday and Saturday, May 7th and 8th. The post included tags for the Lucas Oil American Sprint Car Series, Great Lakes Super Sprints, Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, and Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. In addition, it was also announced earlier this year that 996 will host two Ollie's Bargain Outlet All-Star Circuit of Champions events, the first of which, by the way, will be held on Friday, May 14th, the second on Friday, August 20th. And if that wasn't enough, this weekend officials announced the Great Lakes Sprint Showdown September 3rd and 4th An event that will feature all three Great Lakes sanctions, including the Super Sprints, Traditional Sprints, and the Great Lakes Lightning Sprints. Also announced for I-96 Speedway is the return of the Roll the Dice Invitational, again featuring the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints and Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Car Series. More schedule news, of course, expected out of I-96 Speedway over the next couple of days, Rich. Uh, Jeff Dice making an investment, I think, in sprint car racing here in Michigan
2: absolutely zach we're gonna to have to see what greg Dahlman uh thinks about this when we talk to him here in a few minutes um you know i'm i'm sure
1: he's been pretty
2: he's been pretty committed to Great lake super sprints but we'll have to see with all these dates on the schedule if that changes plans at all
1: yeah i know this is uh you know i think i-96 speedway is uh, one of the most fun places in my opinion to go to to watch sprint car racing and um i'm excited they they put on a great show there especially for wing sprint cars um and uh I can't wait to see what the entire Great Lake Super Sprint Series schedule is going to look like. And I'm really excited to see what the entire I-96 Speedway schedule looks like for sprint cars and for late models. They put on a great late model show, too. I'm just ready for full schedules, man. I just want to see them all. I want to fill my calendar. I want to be busier than heck again in 2021. I I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, just looking forward to seeing drivers again at the racetrack.
2: I want to see me some pavement and some 10 inch slicks. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I'm easy to please. <laughs> well, Zach, uh, our next guest is no stranger to anyone who follows sprint car racing uh, in our region. He's been at this quite a long time. He drives his 49T uh, 360 wing sprint car and is a multi time sprint on dirt champion, makes his home in Bellevue, Michigan. Greg Dahlman, welcome to Horsepower Happenings.
3: Hey, guys. How are you guys doing?
2: Awesome. Uh, Greg, first of all, thanks for coming on the show man, such a weird season with everything going on this year. Um, talk about your 2020 and are you, are you pleased with how it turned out? Uh, you know, considering.
3: I mean, all, all, uh, things considering Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was an all right year. I mean, we didn't, uh, didn't get the races that we would have liked to guy We only got, uh, I think 12 or 10 total and, uh, it just, we never got, got the momentum going. And, uh, and it kind of showed a little bit, too. And plus, I had some health issues going on. So it, it 2020 has really been not a good year for us, really. I mean, all in all. Yeah, it's been a kick in the
1: shorts for you, too. And and I want to, you brought it up. So I want to mention the health issues, man. You you raced the last third of the year there. You don't have to dive into everything. But you raced with some pain that really would put put a lot of people out of commission just regularly, let alone bouncing around inside of a sprint car.
3: Yeah, the, the, the people think I was crazy or stupid or you know all of the above, I guess. But uh, I think it was the adrenaline got me. You know, once you got in there, you didn't really feel it. You know, too much. I mean, it was always a reminder under like caution or something. But uh, right. when the green flag was going, it was it was pretty good. I mean, like I said, it didn't. Uh, the adrenaline was flowing so. It, really didn't pay attention
1: and again <laughs> ju- just uh, not to go into it but this whatever it was required surgery and required multiple doctor visits and and man i tell you what there, there is a reason that people don't want to mess with you greg you're one tough sob um and you put on some <laughs> you put on some great runs even too this year i know that you never ended where you wanted to by parking it in victory lane but you and your son and that's basically all that it is is you and your son you guys never quit working on that race car and uh you had some good showings this year
3: yeah, we did. We I mean the first 3 nights we we ran third and, and we started off really really good and it just I think as the season progressed uh, we we just I don't know, it just never could get clicking. We were running our uh, uh car that we hadn't ran in prior years and and uh, I think uh, it showed it it wasn't as good as what we are we're used to.
1: Now, now you threw everything, including the kitchen sink at it, at a couple of places, and you said, if this doesn't work, this car is toast. And I don't think I ever followed up with you on that. So was there a problem with that chassis, or, or what was the issue there?
3: Yeah, it was bent and uh, from the Butler accident there with Andrew Scheiden and Blond. Uh, um, Quentin, Quentin Blanc, there. yep, Quentin. Quentin, yes, yep. We all got in a little tanglement up the top of four there, and the, at Butler there, and... Uh, and we went to Thunderbird after that, and it just didn't work. And then we stripped it and took it and got it straightened back up. So, I mean, it, it worked good after that.
2: Now, Greg, uh, you know, when I, I raced for, oh, 25 years, uh, you know, at ARCA Sanction Tracks, and, and, and I kind of hung it up shortly after I turned 50, and we know you're breathing on that number pretty soon here. Um, <laughs> what's, it, uh, what's it like with these kids uh, that are now coming up like you brought up, uh, Quentin and Andrew, um, are they reinvigorating you or are you thinking, man, I don't know if I can, maybe it's almost time for me to, you know, hang, hang the helmet up.
3: Uh, No, I think it's fun running against those younger guys. It really is. Um, I mean, Andrew, he's basically a full timer. So where we ran, he ran and, and, uh, it was always exciting running against him and seeing his progression. And, uh, I, I like the younger guys, and I I don't think we're uh, we're ready to throw in the towel quite yet.
1: Despite some of the crap that you were telling us this summer, that this was going to be your last year, you, you're going to come back, right? You're coming back next year.
3: Yes. Yes, right, we're cool. coming back uh, full bore. <laughs> I so, knew, yeah, we're, we're ready.
1: I knew it had to be you feeding us a line there midseason about what you – well, and, and consider where we're at too, but we don't have to get into that. We don't have to get into that. Um, what do you think the difference was for you this year – um and and rich i'm sorry i'm stepping on your toes here but what was missing uh, from your campaign this year i mean the last two years you've been able to park it in the square at least once tri-city and thunderbird and i think thunderbird was where you thought you were going to be able to have that run that you needed and then you find out that the chassis is tweaked um was there anything else missing this year that that you think man if we can just fix this for 2021 we'll be right back where we
3: need to be we should have just pulled out our other car and just ran that and that's where it was i mean the the two cars are different you know they're both maximum chassis but they're still they're different cars and we should have ran the one we ran prior in 18 and 19 and and uh because that car just works so much better i mean the motor program we've is right there i mean there's there's never any question on those um setups were right there i mean we just uh i guess this this that frame we ran this year just didn't like what we we were throwing at it. I mean, we we did throw the kids think at it, and it just it just didn't work out for us for my driving style. And so I mean, but we give it everything we had.
2: Now, you know, this is the year the schedules start coming out. You kind of get a sniff of twenty twenty one. Talk to me about what you've seen and heard, and we've all seen with I ninety six Speedway. It looks like they are going. Uh, so everything that I've seen, very, very heavy into sprint cars in
3: 2021. Yeah, Jeff and, and the crew out there, they, they really like the sprint cars out there, which is always a nice track. And anybody that's a spectator, that is an awesome track to watch sprint cars. I mean, the speeds, um, the width of the track that, you know, you can race side by side. There's multiple grooves and it's it's definitely a, a racy place. And, and for him to have the sprint cars and, he ain't no dummy. He's a businessman. So, you know, we bring the crowds in too. So that's another thing.
2: And, and the reason you guys bring the crowds in is I know every time I've seen you guys run, um, at I-96, you put on a heck of a show every single night.
3: Oh yeah. We, you know, we're bringing, you know, you know, 30 cars at least there. And it's, it's definitely, you know, we got, especially this year in 2020 with, uh, Some of the other organizations and some of the other states not open enough, and we had the best probably GLSS um, field cars this year. I want to talk about the Great Lakes
1: Super Sprint specifically that you just mentioned there. Um, Greg, you've been doing this for a long time. We, we promoted all year in the series that this was your 22nd year of racing, which I think is phenomenal. Uh, you don't look a day over 90, which is great for you. And <laughs> here's the thing, Greg. We kind of went through a transition in the state of Michigan with the sprints on dirt and the Great Lakes Super Sprints and you've supported GLSS from the drop of, of the green flag on what they had going on. Um, hold back 2017, and you've run almost 100% of their races. Um, you've made 69 starts with the series. You've got six wins here, according to what I'm looking at, 54 top tens. But that championship is eluding you. Is that something you'd like to accomplish there with GLSS?
3: Oh, I'll, always. You know, it, it is. It's definitely, I mean, just because, like I said, this, this group uh, is just, I mean, the competition level is right. I mean, it's up to the tops. I mean, other than the, the national tour series out there, I think this 360 group that we had this year, it definitely, definitely could compete with anybody. I mean, the top, I mean, I, I would say there's, there's nights where top 10, you know, 10 guys could win, you know, depending on what happened, but, it definitely is a It's a, It's a. a great group of guys to run with, too.
1: And I kind of wanted to ask that. Is this the com- most competitive that you've seen a regional tour like this before? Obviously, you've got some championships with sprints on dirt, as uh, Rich mentioned, and then as they made that transition away from 360s until eventually uh, going out of business, and now they're kind of reviving, and we don't know what that's going to look like. But is, is this the most competitive class over the last couple of years that you've had to compete against?
3: Yes. Yes. I mean coming back in the day when we ran down, uh, we did run a year down in NRA down there where we had some top guys down there, you know, two in Ohio and stuff, but definitely for the present time. And, and I'd say probably for the last, you know, five to eight years that this group right here, this year, I mean, it's, it's, it's it was a tough deal. Very tough.
2: Now to kind of, kind of follow up, um, you know, Zach opened the door on this. We know it's not an experience or talent issue. But what what do you think? uh, You know, maybe either on your car, what are you missing to be able to kind of get over that hump and pick up that championship?
3: Um, not quite sure yet. Yeah. We're searching for it right now. I I would say. I mean, our motor our motor programs right there, shock and everything. I mean, we've got everything where we need to be. It's just uh maybe the driver needs to get <laughs> get it picked up a little another notch or two here. Uh I mean you you, you consider right now, I mean Jared Horseman our champion of twenty twenty this year. He he's a phenomenal uh racer person, all of the above, and their their program's top notch and it's tough. He rolls into a track. It's tough to, to beat him or a Max Danball, a Dustin Daggett these are night in, night out, you know, where we've got to run. Well, I mean, we just got to run with our three hairs on fire all the time. I mean, there's no, these guys don't let you relax one second.
2: You know, and another thing, you just, you, you just kind of walked me into my next question. It I think it's really cool. All you got, you know, you talked about, you know, Jared Horseman and, and in a good light, you guys, and I've heard, all the help that you guys give each other throughout that class and you, and you hang together when, when a guy needs help, everybody's there to help him. And, you know, and I told Zach before, I have never seen that in any class uh, that I've seen race throughout Michigan. You guys really are a tight knit group, aren't you?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, there's always guys willing to live, lend a hand, you know, from other crews and stuff like that, you know, and, if there's a flat tire and they roll into the work area, there's there's multiple guys from multiple teams, you know, joining in, making sure you can get back out there, you know, whether they get to pick the car up or get it on the jack or whatever they got to do. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty tight, but, you know, it's competitive, but tight.
1: We're having a great conversation right now with Greg Dahlman, who celebrated 22 years behind the wheel in 2020. He'll go for his 23rd season in 2021. I want to turn the clock back a little bit now, Greg. Let's go back to the 90s, where it all starts for you. Take me back 23 years ago. What are you building? What are you getting ready to get behind the wheel of for your first uh, season of racing?
3: Uh our our equipment we had when we first started out, uh it was subpar equipment and uh you know, we just kinda basically what I say is we had garage sale motors. Um that works, guys would, you know, throw it to get throw it together in a garage sale, you know, but mm-hmm. uh it yeah, it it basically I went from a motocross bike to a sprint car. We didn't have wow. anything else.
1: Wow. How did you decide to make that transition? I mean, what what sparked you? Because uh, I know Zach Brofman has a similar story. He rode ATVs, uh, four-wheelers, and then decided one morning, you know what, I'm going sprint car racing. How did that happen for you?
3: Well, I grew up around sprint car racing. I've been going, I mean, around sprint cars since I've been two. And uh, my mom's boyfriend, Jerry Lippert, he's the guy that won the first ever side feature. Um, back in 1980 at, C- at crystal matter of fact how about that and uh he's uh we just were i was brought up around a racetrack and just always always loved the race and it's always been a family sport and, and you know it was always around it you know and uh i just wanted to get into it and i like i said i ran motocross and i got tired of getting beat up so bad with those that uh i took a year off and helped my brother on his modified and then i ended up buying a car and we ended up going, and I don't know how to this day how we did it.
1: <laughs> I tell you, it's it's awesome to look at, uh, watch some of those old videos that are up there. I know that uh, Jeff Converse has some videos out on YouTube that he put out during the uh, during the beginning of this pandemic here. And um, what's it? How has it been for you over these last 22 years to watch sprint car racing evolve? I mean, I don't want to take anything away from what drivers are doing today because you guys are still badasses, but those race cars back in the 90s and early 2000s they looked like a handful and they were still going just as fast as as you know not quite as fast as we are today but man they're still hauling it
3: oh yeah definitely definitely they were you know like i said you like you even said the equipment today is so much better than it was back then i mean it has it improved uh, 100% better. I mean, as far as the the safety of these these cars and everything, like you said, though the speeds are picked up. I mean, I mean these things are still still dangerous. Any night you get into them, um, but like I said, they're they were a handful back then. At least for me, because like I said, I was a rookie back then, and uh, I think pretty much anything would have been a handful because I wasn't used to the four wheels or anything like that, and we we're used to jumping and stuff like that with the two wheels. So getting the, behind the wheel of a sprint car, it was, it was totally different.
2: So Greg, now we put uh, 2020 to rest. Thank gosh. Um, so what, what are you looking at in 2020? It looks like you, you're going to have an opportunity to run I-96 quite a bit. Uh, obviously also with, with the great like super sprints. Um, what, how many races are you looking to fill your schedule with in 2021?
3: Um, Barry's, I uh, talked to Barry a little bit today, and uh, schedule seems to be filling up, and hopefully we'll be full-time with uh, GLSS. So how, how many ever races they got with those, and then we'll probably be doing a little bit of non-wing with the GLTS there, or, or you know, the non-wing group anyways. And, uh, you know, a couple nights we'll be doubling up we'll, you know, with them, so we'll probably get 30 nights anyways, I would say, a racing, 30 nights plus.
1: That's awesome. Now that just tells me I got to get a hold of Barry now. If we, if 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 Greg's putting marks on his calendar, I got to get a hold of him. Um, Greg, one more thing before—oh, we... hang on
3: there. Hey, <laughs> I... yeah, don't get me in trouble. I, I, that's with non-wing and wing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask you something, Greg. Uh, you know, it's no secret that uh, your trailer, for some reason, is kind of the watering hole of the pits. And what I mean by that is, people gather at the Greg Dahlman trailer. And uh, there are some awesome stories that seem to revolve around Greg Dahlman. Specifically, Corey Bevard was remembering 2007 um, and a little bit of party, the partying that you might have been responsible for. Uh, you want to defend yourself at all on on what happened to him? <laughs>
3: uh, no, I, he, Corey was a big man, then, and he was uh, he was pounding a few too many beers and he ended up over by the cow pasture there so that wasn't your fault i can say on that one
1: i asked him i said yeah. how is how, how is that a bad mark on greg and he says uh, well he's the one that made me do it <laughs> and uh, by yeah, the
3: way I, I poured it poured it down his throat <laughs>
1: yeah by the way joe bears uh, commented and said i was there for this event that's not fake news and I just love that man. It goes back to Rich's point: the relationship that you guys have uh, as drivers, and I think it's awesome too, Greg. You talked about Dustin Daggett. You guys started near the same time, and you have raced your careers together side by side. And there's a lot of other guys in this sport, um, you know, including uh, Michigan Sports Hall of Famer Brett Mann, that you continue to do that with. And that's got to be cool for you too.
3: Yeah, it's always good to, to still have the. I while well, I consider a veteran, you know, I mean, absolutely. We're both- all of us are veterans. Me, Brett, and uh, Dustin, and and even uh, Phil Gressman. You know, we we've uh, pounded these dirt tracks. You know, a lot of years. And Dustin's only a year behind me, so he's. I mean, we started like you said, right at about the same time, a year apart. And it's. Uh, I'm glad that somebody's still out there that's. Uh, you know, got some years underneath their belt.
1: Well, Greg, it's awesome to go out there and watch you run, uh, despite what everybody says about you looking like a bulldog and somebody you don't want to mess with. You're a great guy. Uh, Awesome to catch up with you in the pits, man, and uh, good luck next season. Congrats on what you guys did accomplish this year. I know it was tough, but uh, you and your son, you had some fun, and uh, I'm really, like I said, looking forward to what you guys can do next
3: year. Yeah, I am too. I I appreciate it, guys, for having me on, and I, I thank you.
1: Well, thanks again to Greg Dahlman for uh, joining us tonight, man. Uh, I, I've, I've got my phone here. I'm going to message Barry Marlowe and see what's going on with those schedules. He told me not to get him in trouble, but I, I as I said leading into the interview, I want to fill my calendar.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, and Barry, you know, I mean, he, he's a great friend of the program. I'm sure when he's ready, he's going to give us the release. Oh, yeah. and we'll get him on, and we'll get him to talk about everything the whos, the wheres, and the whys.
1: I tell you what, we got a great thing going on right now on our social media. It was an overwhelming success. The first time we tried it with Outlaw Super Late Models. And I'm so excited to have Victory Custom trailers along. Chris Hettinger is teaming up with us, Victory Custom Trailers and Horsepower Happenings, to bring you the Super and Pro Late Model, Template Late Model, uh HPH Best Driver Challenge. And this is going to be a tough one, let me tell you.
2: Yeah, now now let's let's go over this again, Zach. You know, we have multiple people put in um, you know, recommend drivers, mm-hmm. you know, and it it basically comes down if everybody, if everybody that puts in a recommendation, if the same driver is across all the boards, then he's probably going to be a number one seed. And then we it goes down from there. So we have no idea. We don't seed them ourselves. Uh no one individual is doing this to line them up. So we don't know how this is going to work out until it's all over. Um, and now we've had a couple, uh we had one wild one to start with that, that was yeah. really interesting. Um, and then uh, we had kind of a blowout tonight.
1: Yeah, you know, congratulations to Hunter Jack uh, getting getting his pass onto the semifinals now, defeating Cody Coughlin here this evening. But uh, you're right, man, that Scott Hans Evan Schotko one was interesting because you kind of had – Two opposite ends of the criteria when we look at the 10-year span, which is what we're looking at. Scott Hantz, very, very good in the in the 2000s into the early 2010s. Evan Shotko over the last couple of years picking up some wins at Berlin, coming on strong in that 22 car. And uh, Evan, the younger blood, got that win and, and is moving on to semifinals there. Um, and it's only going to get better from here. We've got some really talented template late-model drivers in our region.
2: And we have to realize that we're going to – Let all the fans of the show know, Zach, you know, we understand this is somewhat a popularity contest. It is, it is, Um, you know, so, so just to make sure, you know, Hunter Jack, you know, we, we got to talk to him down to snowball derby. Great young man. Uh, I mean, getting better and better every year. Um, But Cody Coughlin is a season champion, not as much presence on social media. So, but he's one of the, but one of the top drivers in our region uh, coming out of Ohio. So, We'll just have to see how it works out. None of us are voting, so we have no dog in the fight. Right. Uh, We just let all the fans take care of it, and uh,
1: we let you know what
2: the results are. And you can see the results as they go, so that's pretty cool as
3: well.
1: Here's what I can tell you, Rich. A win is a win. I don't care how I get it or what the rules say. Uh, If if I get the win, I get the win. So uh, there you go. And uh, by the way, so Hunter Jack gets the win tonight. I do want to let you know that uh our next challenge will uh will go Tuesday night, tomorrow night at eight o'clock. That one will drop. And looking at my notes here, that'll be a good one too, Rich. We'll have Kyle Crump squared off against Brian Bergacre. Um this should be a good one. I think that's gonna yeah, that could be that could be closer than
2: <laughs> <laughs> that could be closer than Evan Shot going Scott Hance, you know? Uh that that's that's going to be a real good one, and I don't even want to tease anybody with the rest of them. No, no, because because the quarterfinal round when we get to that, wow, Zach, wow! It, I mean, just wait, just everybody wait till they come out. It'll, <laughs> we'll get it out probably by this weekend. We'll we'll be starting the quarterfinals. It, there are some matchups that are that are you're really going to like.
1: HPH Best Driver Challenge presented by Victory Custom Trailers. Our thanks to them. Check them out on the web. Victory Custom Trailers on Facebook. Uh, you can also check them out online. Victory Custom Trailers. Get a hold of Chris. Get a hold of all of them. Uh, maybe you saw them down at the cars show in uh, the cars trade show in the Carolinas. Um, if you talk to them, get with them now. They make some great, great trailers, some awesome equipment, and uh, they'd love to hook you up. And why not tell them we sent you. <laughs>
2: and they're friends. I was going to say, yep, they're friends with Horsepower Happenings. How can you go wrong? Now, Zach, uh, we have the gentleman that just won our Outlaw Late Model HPH Best Driver Challenge. Uh, he's a member of the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame, twelve-time Kalamazoo Speedway Track Champion. Uh, makes it home in Porters, Michigan. Uh, Andy Bozell, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Hey guys, good evening. Thanks for having me. Hey, not a problem. Now, I know this HPH driver challenge, that's got to be right up there, man, with the Hall of Fame and with your track championships, right?
0: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I I tell you what, we, we joke, but the outpouring of support that you got through that whole thing, and really... Um, Bozell Nation came through strong for both you and your son. That was so cool on our end to watch that develop, and I don't know how much you got to see that. I know you're not really on social media that much, um, but man, you got a lot of fans out there in the Great Lakes region.
0: Yeah, um, you know, everybody kept me tuned up here on on what was going on, so that was pretty cool. I think it was a I think it was a great thing to 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 have amidst everything that's happening to keep the keep the people interested in our in our great class that we have, and, and you know support the great talent that we have. So I, I, I think it was awesome.
2: You know, it was kind of funny, we started taking a beating and they said, when, when it was, uh, when we got through what we figured out early that uh, the Bozells had, I, I, I clowned it right away, the Bozell clan, um, that you and Phil both got a lot of support. And I looked at Zach and I said, man, I can see what's gonna happen here. And we did not plan it that way for you guys to have to go head to head in
0: the semifinals. <laughs> Yeah, we've been, we've been beating up on each other for about 20 years, so I think it's all good. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought. I figured, you know what, if they can compete against each other
1: on the track, they can handle this. And, uh, uh, Phil, I want to talk racing with you a little bit. I know the, the challenge on social media was fun and all, but a lot of people, uh, when they would defend what you've done, I think one of the biggest ones was when you uh, came up against Tyler Rorig and, man, I wish that would have worked out to be the final because I really do think you two are some of the best in the region um man there was a lot of discussion about current talent versus what you've done in the past and I just want to get your thoughts on that do you think that's fair that people are are saying well Tyler is better now is better now I mean I believe and you proved that this year I think you can still go out on the racetrack and win at any given moment
0: yeah yeah you know it it is hard to compare I think I think you know you'll you'll struggle in every category that you try to do this with, you know, in racing and, you know, no disrespect to anybody because I think the Roark family is great. They have, they have deep heritage in the short track racing industry, just like we do. And, and um, I have the utmost respect for both of them racers when we're on the racetrack. So um, it's really hard to compare. And, you know, Tyler is a, he's a star. There's no question about it. I mean, just look at the races. He's, he's won. And, you know, I guess, I guess the only thing I can say about that is is um, I wish I wish I could have competed with him and his talent that he has now. You know, 20 years ago, when when you know I was putting all the resources and effort into the outlaw A models that that you know I did back then, that that would have been that would have been fun.
1: A lot of people, uh, sorry, Rich. A lot of people referenced what you did this year at Galesburg and and the straight up stomping that you put on that field. Um, do you think that that was a, a rare glimmer of what you used to be when you put all your resources in? Was that a rare night, or is that what you could do uh, when all the stars align, which we need to happen sometimes to have a good night on the track?
0: Well, you know, that, that was a good night. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people got to remember that I was racing in Galesburg before a lot of these guys were even born. So, you know, um, <laughs> I have a lot of experience out there. I grew up out there. My, my father raced out there since the 1950s. So, um, I, I think I have a really good strategy of what it takes to win races out there. And, and, um, uh, I kind of, I kind of estimated how that race is going to lay out and got my strategy together and, and it all works. So, you know, um, obviously I don't think you can win one of those races unless you have a good race card. You got the ability to, to, to be able to race and be competitive. So I, I think, I think the story was told. Now we,
2: uh, we had, uh, we had Gary Howe on the show several weeks ago when he started breaking loose his, uh, he was, I think he was one of the first to start breaking loose his 2021 schedule. Um, and, you know, Gary's back now for next year, at least we'll go one more year. Um, have you seen the schedule and are you pretty optimistic? We're going to be able to get through this thing we're going through now and have a pretty decent uh, 2021 season.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, I am optimistic, you know, hopefully hopefully the, the worst of the pandemic time is behind us and, you know, we can all move forward and maybe get back to what we call normalcy next season. Um, obviously, Gary thinks that he's put together a great schedule for all different classes in all honesty. I mean, the, the schedule is, is really, really uh, a race fan's dream, if you will. So um, I, I think everybody can keep the optimism going and we can put this behind us and we can go back and put on some good races
2: now obviously in 2020 you didn't get a whole lot of racing in what are you looking to do are you are you going to stay closer to home are you going to get out there a little bit to some of the bigger events
0: what are your plans for next year well i think if you know if we can open back up and get back and and, uh, start you know um planning on what we want to do i think the big races are definitely on our schedule um We've been doing that for the last three or four years, so uh, we'll continue to pick some of the big Outlaw late model races. I think we're going to do some of the Modified races. Uh, There's some tracks putting together some fantastic shows for actually the Outlaws and the Modifieds, Um, looking at Spartan a handful of times next year. I love that place, and and I love what Tom Hernley and his folks are doing over there. So I think we're just going to do the big races and Outlaws, Modifieds, and we might, we might venture to some junior CR late model races with the grandkid as well.
1: Hey, there's some uh, interesting news. We'll, we'll, I want to come back to that. Don't let me forget, Rich. Put a pin in that. Um, Andy, are the days of racing for championships uh, pretty much over for you then? Is that what I'm hearing?
0: Um, for, for me, yeah. For, for the points championships, yeah, it's, it is. it um, is. Just because I don't want to dedicate myself every night of the whole season to, to a particular place. I just enjoy... Going other racetracks, and and uh, um, I think I was very fortunate. I was able to compete at a high level in the heydays of the points races. You know, do there was a lot of money for the NASCAR stuff, and and uh, there was a lot bigger benefit if you could put up a points championship than there is now. I think.
2: You know that uh, that news isn't going to make the people out of Calumdu Speedway happy because I I think next to Jesus, you're like next in line out there. They they just <laughs> love you to death
0: yeah yeah i mean we're we're gonna we're gonna we'll race a lot at Zoo, and you know kalamzu's home we love the place and we'll run the big outlaw late model races um i hear they're gonna do some mini wedge stuff and i got a couple grandkids that like to race and uh, i get an opportunity to race doug lane's sportsman car every once in a while so so uh we try, we try to go back to Zoo and have fun whenever we can.
1: You know, I was—I don't want to say I was floored, but uh, definitely I'm the novice when it comes to pavement racing, and I thought it was awesome when I saw that you and Phil were running Modifieds this season and, and the fun that you were having there. Um, and it sounds like you've got more modified schedules, uh, more modified races on your schedule for this year. Talk to me about running those cars. They're one of my favorite divisions to watch on a pavement racetrack, and they've got to be polar opposites from that Outlaw car that you're used to strapping into.
0: Yeah, they, they are, but, you know, they, they have their own characteristics, and, and they're fun, and, you know, we we raced quite a bit of modified races, you know, 15 years ago, drove uh, Todd Gearhart's Modifieds uh, all around Michigan, went down to Florida a couple times, so um, we, we've run quite a few modified races, and we've always enjoyed them, and the tracks are putting together some pretty decent shows for the modifieds, and, and uh, once again, there's a great group of racers in, in that division as well.
2: You know, and, he, and Zach walked me right into this. We had uh, Brian Nestor on the show just a couple weeks ago, and um, what him and Bud Gray are trying to do something with that uh, that Midwest Modified Tour. Um, you guys looking to try to catch some of their races? I think they're going to be very successful.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know we talked to Brian um, and Bud quite a bit over the summer when we did a few of the races and. You know, I think those guys, are they're, they're true blue racers, and they really have the passion to try to make that series because they've both been involved in that series for a long time. And they got, they got a passion to make that grow and make something good out of it. And, you know, to be honest, I can't think of two better people to put it in the hands of than them guys.
1: So the transition sounds like it's starting for you, Andy. Uh, we talked with Andy Bozell, winner of our HPH Best Driver Challenge for the Outlaws and, of course, 12-time champion, and uh, he really needs no introducing. But... Andy, it sounds like you're starting to make a transition from a race car driver to car owner and grandpa. Um, what has that been like for
0: you? Oh, it's been awesome. You know, I mean, um, to, to, to have my grandkids start to be involved and, you know, I grew up with Phil racing and and braced with him for quite a while. And, you know, I have, I have aspirations someday to take the green flag against both of them. So, um, it it is a transition and you know you, you I, I guess that comes with blowing out birthday candles so you know it is what it is and i'm going to i'm going to take it for what it is and and uh i'm going to enjoy it just as if it was 20 years ago
2: andy is there anything you have i mean i mean all the accomplishments we'd be here we we'd be here for the whole length of the interview just listing them off is there anything on your bucket list in racing that you haven't accomplished or like to accomplish yet
0: yeah, yeah. There, there's actually two things really that are on my bucket list. Um, the Slinger Nationals is on my bucket list. Uh, I'd like to go partake in that, and at some point in time, in some way, shape, or form, I want to go down and, and take in the Snowball Derby. Oh, okay. There you go. Now, do you think that's in a driving capacity? Um, I think it's possible. I mean, they have they have a lot of a lot of different divisions down there at the Derby for you know. Um, they have a form of outlaw late models and sports I guess. They have modifieds, uh, great cars, super late. So maybe we could maybe we could put a pile of them together and go have some fun. Well, I tell you, and we, were,
2: we were just down there, Zach. I was going to tell Andy we were just down there last week, and um, Jeff Gannis went down there and, and made a run at it. Um, yeah, you know, Andy, you would love it down there. It's a great atmosphere. It's like an it's like a Daytona 500 for short track racing. It's just unbelievable down there.
0: Yeah. They, they always, you know, that's been, that's been a great show for a long time. I mean, it's probably one of the you know most historic late model races I think in the country. And, you know, it was great to see Michigan represented down there. I know Jeff Gannis went down, um, Hunter Jack ran good, uh, Carson our, um, Bubba Pollard, the big news in a Van Dorn car. So I, I think it was pretty cool that Michigan was well represented and has been for many years down there.
1: Yeah, you'd have some good company down there for sure. And and Rich kind of changed gears on me before I was ready. I want to go back to the grandkids. You mentioned uh, building those uh, p- potentially building those CRA Junior Late Models. Um, is that something that's set in stone yet, or have you made your mind up? Got to talk to the parents, make sure that's going to be good
0: to go. What what are we waiting on here? What are we going to do? Well, the the parents aren't no problem. They're ready to go because um, you know I, I run into the same situation many years ago. And as far as, as far as doing it, I you know we we're definitely going to do something. We've already we've already did you know five or six test sessions with with Phil's boy Bryce. So um, that that's we're 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 gearing up and getting ready to uh, let him see if he wants to pursue
1: some kind of you know racing career himself. You know, I remember now that you mentioned that. I remember seeing those videos on social media, and I know how much fun they had with that. Um, and, and how ecstatic he was after running. That was at M40, I think. He turned a couple of laps there. Um, and, and man, that I just, I can't wait to see what you're able to do with that. Um, you know, Rich, I, I don't know what you would give to have a 12 time champion mentoring you and your young racing career, but that's gotta be something right there. And the amount of fun you're going to have too, Andy, I know we already talked about it, but, um, I'm just excited for that because like you said, the opportunity presents itself for three generations to take the green flag on the same racetrack on the same night in the same division at some point.
0: Yeah, that would. Uh, That just that'd be that'd be a cool situation, you know. Hopefully, hopefully we can we can make that work. Andy, what do you think about that?
2: Uh, You know, I was seeing you brought it up. The you know the the Victory Custom Trailers Junior uh, Late Model Division for CRA. You know, Chris Hettinger got behind that uh, with Victory Custom Trailers, and they never had anything like that for kids before. It was either quarter midgets or go karts. Um, What do you think about putting you know the you know ten to fourteen year olds in these big stock cars?
0: Well, you know, I, I think I think it's great. Um, you know, you look you look around the company, the, the country, if you will, and and um, uh, just look at the snowball. How many how many um, teenagers partook in the snowball derby in some capacity or another? So you know, it, it's like, you know, I, it's a big car, yeah, but um, you know, kids nowadays are are very very bright they they catch on quick and you know look at the talent the young talent that's you know took place in racing industry in the last 15 or 20 years and and i i think it's an absolute necessity and you know um tiger woods had golf clubs in his hand when he was six or seven years old so i i think it's just i think it's just a way to to um keep the talent going in racing and and uh make it make it a, a sport where the youth can get involved earlier well, Andy, I think it's
1: great that you're getting behind that and getting some kids going in that with grandkids and, and whatnot. Um, hey, congratulations, man, on, on a great, again, I know we talked to you, but a, a great job in 2020. Really looking forward to seeing what 2021 brings us. Hopefully it's a better hand. And uh, looking forward to
0: seeing you at a racetrack soon, maybe with the grandkids. Yeah, I, uh, we'll definitely be at the racetrack as soon as, as soon as everything's, you know, willing to let us go back and, and do what we all love to do. And, you know, we'll be out there. Um Putting down a lap, trying to win some races and whether it be an outlaw, template car modified, and you know, we just if it's got four wheels and goes fast, we you know, we enjoy it.
1: Well Andy, we look forward to that, man. Uh, congrats again on a great season and
0: we'll look forward to seeing you soon. All right, guys, thank you. I appreciate it a lot. Thanks for your support.
1: Okay. Well, hey man, what what a what a great interview there with Andy. Um I'm I'm could you tell I'm really looking forward to seeing the next generation of Bozells hit the racetrack.
2: I think he is too. You know, he just the you can, you can listen to his voice and how proud he is. Um, you know, not only that he got a chance to, you know, race with Phil growing up and now, now Phil's kids, you know, it, it's um, I think it's just going to be cool. And it, and it, you know, Andy had a cup, you know, he told us he had a couple of bucket list items uh, with Slinger and, and, and was heading down to the snowball Derby, but uh, it sure seems like this is the direction he wants to go in. And he's really happy and, and comfortable going in this direction because we know those, uh, the the Bozell family, boy, they're a tight-knit clan.
1: I know that outlaw car is uh, just a whole nother beast, and you fall in love with them when you drive them, and, and that's what Andy has has taken to, and we talked to him about that in our August interview with him. But, man, I'd love to see him get a template ride and go down to the Snowball Derby or, or go somewhere, uh, you know, and, and, and see what he can do in a template car because he's so talented behind the wheel, um, and he's got so many years of experience. I really think it would be awesome to watch him wheel one of those things
0: and and
2: i have to admit you know what when i'm all done with with doing all this stuff when i'm done with announcing and done with horsepower happenings and i'm just a fan you know i when when i talk about this 20 years from now i'll be able to say you know i got to watch andy bozell i got to interview andy bozell and you don't get much better than that
1: no it's it's great company to be around and uh I uh, want to thank him for some of the high praise that he gave us on the air and off the air. Uh, we're happy to be able to do what we're doing and uh, provide this content for everybody. Rich, this normally would be the part of the show where we look ahead. Really, middle of December, the Rumble in Fort Wayne being canceled this year because of COVID-19. Not a whole lot to look ahead to other than Christmas is next week. <laughs> and, and, uh, and,
2: and we can hang our head on maybe four or five days from now. We'll get to go sit in a restaurant. Uh, we'll have to see if that works out. I can't believe that she's going to go to Christmas and still have our restaurants closed. That'd be, that'd be pretty heartbreaking, but let's see. It was nine more days. We're getting closer. So we'll see how uh, everything works out as we get closer to this weekend.
1: We do have a couple of great announcements coming up this week. Watch our website, HorsepowerHappenings.com. I have some news on Ryan Rule that will be put out this week. Also have some news on the uh, Merit Tri-City Speedway's Late Model Challenge Series. That will be coming out later on this week. And um, you never know what else we're going to fall into. Uh, so just keep an eye on HorsepowerHappenings.com. Watch our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, who knows, Rich? You, you just never know. You, we don't even know. It, it, it's it, We take every day with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, anything that gets released, I mean, we. It,
2: you never know when it's going to happen. But uh, one thing I can say, we don't have to ask people to get involved uh, and beg for them to get involved in the in the HPH best driver challenge everybody who's involved in and in, who likes and follows horsepower happenings is really involved in this and we have a lot of votes for every single challenge it's unbelievable zach this was a brilliant idea
1: yes it it's- was yes it was and our thanks to victory custom trailers for their support on that our thanks to Scott Menlin, who uh, owns and operates Horsepower Happenings. Rich, thank you very much for your time here tonight. And thank you, the fans, for listening. Don't miss the HPH Best Driver Challenge, which drops tomorrow. Kyle Crump and Brian Bergaker are going to go head-to-head in the next round before we head to the semifinals. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks again to Greg Dahlman and Andy Bozell. Have a great week, have a great night, and thanks for listening to Horsepower Happenings.
0: You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to HorsepowerHappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.